Welcome to the I'm Done Apologizing podcast, where we're creating a community of women who advocate and empower. I'm Michelle, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I'm so excited for my friend Stacy Oliver to join me this week and talk about self-advocacy. Stacy is an avid reader, writer, crossword puzzle solver, and baker, as well as an amateur photographer. She loves exploring the Chicago area with her husband and spending time with her niece and nephews. She currently works in higher ed marketing and communication, where she has the opportunity daily to combine her love of writing with her passion for good storytelling. She's known to give excellent pep talks, especially around self-advocacy and boundaries. Stick around. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for joining me this week. I am really excited to learn more from you about self-advocacy. So we're just going to jump right into our first question. And I'm, I'm curious to learn a little bit more how you got interested in the topic of self-advocacy. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Michelle. Um, so in 2017, I was involved in an accident at work. And as a result of that accident, I suffered a severe concussion. Mm -hmm. So for most people, concussions resolve on their own with limited or no medical intervention at all in about 10 days. And anything beyond that, you're really starting to look at what's classified as post-concussion syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that's where I found myself after a few weeks. And that's really marked by experiences with symptoms not improving, or in fact, maybe even worsening as time mm. goes on. Yeah. Um, and so I found myself struggling with debilitating migraines, photosensitivity issues, processing information. And for a period of time, I really just tried to work around those symptoms. I thought sure. if I made myself smaller in spaces and tried not to take up room, it would be perfectly acceptable. And I would figure mm. out how to navigate this. And with the help of my care team and some people in my life, I realized that I was doing myself a disservice and maybe harming my own recovery. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to talk more openly about the concussion and the injury, specifically to navigate some workplace accommodation processes with human resources and um, my staff team and my supervisor. Mm -hmm. So this was really a new experience for me because as somebody who supervised people, I often encouraged other people to advocate for themselves, right. but I was terrible at doing it myself. <laughs> And so it was a really challenging situation for me to have to be vulnerable in a way that I wasn't comfortable mm -hmm. and to use these systems and processes that required me to disclose medical information and my current emotional state and really talk about the level that I was currently at and the level that I was used to performing at mm -hmm. and how those two things things could move closer together, like trying to bring the goalposts a little closer together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I uh, that that comment about um, used to advocating for my team, but not myself. I think um, regardless of the scenario, a lot of women will probably uh, be able to feel that uh, mm -hmm. feel that piece of that. So wow, that's incredible. So what kind of obstacles did you run into in your workplace uh, situation? 
Yeah, so there were some obstacles right away, including that the accident happened at a time of year where I was actively dissuaded from taking time off, mm, which yeah. probably would have actually helped my recovery if I had stepped away for a period of time. Um, I also, even when I did come back, really struggled with being in certain meeting rooms because of the lights, or mm. I at one point had a coworker who had to sit next to me and scroll through Excel documents for me because yeah. the motion made me nauseated and I couldn't even look at the screen or do that. And when you think about workplace accommodations, having a staff member like do your scrolling for you isn't generally what you think <laughs> of. Um, I, because I had difficulty processing information, it was really hard to keep up with conversations. And I found that particularly challenging as somebody who is maybe a little known for being quick-witted and for helping to reach solutions easily or make decisions quickly. And instead it mm. felt like everything had a lag time mm. that it didn't before. And like I mentioned, I didn't initially request any accommodations in part because I didn't even know that was an option. Right. I did the initial like accident form and ironically the accident form was digital at a time when I should have mm. been looking at screens. And so yeah. just barrier after barrier, barrier after barrier initially really trying to navigate what that could even look like without much context for myself of mm -hmm. what it would mean to have an accommodation or what it would mean to engage someone else and ask them for help mm -hmm. in making the workplace situation less miserable in some ways yeah absolutely i um i can only imagine stacy that as you went through this you probably learned a lot about yourself i know like i recently have done a running challenge and learned a ton about myself that had nothing to do with running i'm i'm curious to hear if you had any of those learning moments through your journey yeah so i was really fortunate that um, part of my care team included not only a neurologist and a neuropsychologist, but a therapist who specialized in working with patients with post-concussion mm, syndrome. Yeah. Um, and that led to some really funny moments because most of her patients were like 13-year-olds. Um, <laughs> and so I'd be in the waiting room like, I'm next. Um, but through those conversations, we were able to reflect on who I was before the accident and the person mm. that I'd become. And mm -hmm. For me, that meant a lot of discernment around my priorities and my values yeah. and establishing and understanding who I was going to be in the future. One of the things that I often talked about was that initially in recovery, I thought I was trying to get back to baseline Stacy, who mm -hmm. I was before the accident happened. And with the help of my care team, quickly realized, maybe not as quickly as I should have, but event quickly in terms of recovery, realized yeah. that I was establishing a new baseline. Mm -hmm. And for me, that meant that self-advocacy became a way of reintroducing myself in spaces. Um, and that also meant having to prioritize what was important to me and how I was going to have those conversations and how I wanted to engage others in conversations around concussions, traumatic brain injuries, or leaving all of that out, how I just wanted to engage people around who I am and how I'm going to work moving yeah. forward. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. I, <laughs> it's always interesting to me how our life circumstances teach us things that we weren't even ready and prepared for, yeah. right? Like, uh, like surprise, <laughs> this is going to teach you a different lesson than you expected. So exactly. So what kind of things do you find um, play out in your day-to-day -day life now around self-advocacy? Like, what does that look like for you? 
Yeah. So most of the concussion symptoms at this point are gone. My work environment is very different. And so that doesn't come up nearly as often, but -hmm. I've been able to lift those lessons from that period of my life, five and a half, almost six years ago. um, And think about how I want to advocate for myself and how I show up in a space. And one of the biggest takeaways for me from that time period was that I need to sit with a feeling and determine if it's a feeling that's going to pass or if it's a feeling that needs to be addressed by advocating for some change. Um, So one of the ways that this has happened recently is that I am a completely remote staff member on a team that is otherwise hybrid. And so our staff meetings for a period of time were everybody in one room and I was remote and it just wasn't working. And I would cry after staff meetings because I was frustrated. And to be honest, some of the motion of the camera was making me nauseated. Like, so a little bit of concussion flare up, but mostly just feeling disconnected from the staff team and feeling like they were all having this conversation in a room. And I was mostly watching, like you would watch a video on YouTube. And when I sat with that feeling and really thought through why am I feeling this? And can something change about this? I identified that, yeah, and it only is going to change if I bring this to my supervisor and tell her what I'm experiencing and how I feel. Um, And so for me, that's helped me be less impulsive in some of the ways I react to situations and really think through if I'm making this request how does it impact others? How does it impact myself? And what are the long-term benefits for everyone? Mm -hmm. Because I also don't want self-advocacy to be selfish. I want to think about the larger team and I want to think about the impact on people with whom I work outside of my team um, or in my personal life. And so really thinking through what I'm asking for and how it's going to be useful to me has Mm -hmm. been helpful in reframing some of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's really powerful stuff, right? Like taking a moment to sit and think and reflect. And I know I've talked about that in a couple of my episodes about like taking that moment to just be in the moment or to acknowledge the emotions and feelings. And so um, that as part of self-advocacy, I think is a really powerful tool um, as well. Um, You know, and I know that you and I have, um, have discussed about how advocacy isn't always about negotiations right and money and and those sorts of things so um being able to be uncomfortable in the self-advocacy and and reflect on your emotions is really important Mm -hmm. wow so uh so tips what kind of tips you know i like to give tips to my listeners of course what what kinds of uh what kind of tips do you have for the listeners around self-advocacy I think the most important one is that self-check of sitting with the feeling and trying to understand where it's coming from. Sometimes I know that my anxiety around a situation is actually because of something that happened hours ago in a different situation and really Mm -hmm. trying to parse through, is this related to this moment? And is there something we can do long-term? And is this a moment to address whatever's happening? Because sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's better to have a private conversation with someone else who's involved or to schedule that time and conversation with a supervisor or coworker or whoever needs to be involved. Um, Something that I recommend to people now is being aware of the formal and informal avenues for Mm self-advocacy and maybe before you need them, right? Like I had no idea what the HR accommodations process was going to look like when it was handed to me as a tool and it became a little clunky because I was navigating a new process. And while we always hope to not have to use some 
pathway like that in our careers, yeah. it's helpful to know about. But I think also just knowing your informal resources as well. Sure. Who are your supporters in the workplace or in your personal life? Who are mm -hmm. the people who are going to be able to help you with that check in with yourself and talk yeah. through what the options are. Um, I had some great colleagues who knew about my situation long-term and were able to do little things to check in with me, mm -hmm. to support me. Some of them did bigger things like move meeting rooms and scroll through Excel documents for me. Right. <laughs> um, I am somebody who finds it hard to have vulnerable conversations, especially at work where it may be perceived negatively. And that comes from some previous experiences and also just right. not really being confident in my ability to navigate those. So I find it helpful to talk through my thoughts before a conversation around self-advocacy. Yeah. Um, driving alone, I am notorious for having a full-on conversation with myself um, or journaling and putting down some bullet points of things that I know that I need to address in the conversation. Yeah. Um, so Something I also try to do when I'm advocating for myself is being aware of the space that the other person is in and how mm -hmm. they may receive that information. Mm -hmm. And so in the example about my staff meetings, when I put that calendar request on my boss's calendar, I also sent an email and said, I'd like to talk to you about these handful of things, including our yeah. staff meeting. I hope that's okay. And so she came into the space knowing a right. little bit about what was happening and what was going on. Um, I try not to the phrase trauma dump comes up a lot in my daily sure. life now. So I try sure. not to trauma dump just by calling someone and saying, I need this. And this is how this is going to change. Yeah. I try to really bring them into the conversation with, is it okay to have a conversation right now about mm. this issue that we're having? Or do you have the capacity to take this on? Mm -hmm. um, and so that way we're working together instead of my self-advocacy sort of running them over or steamrolling sure. where they are and not taking into account the experiences they might be having. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so important, right? Like in, in a lot of our conversations, but even more so, like are they ready to receive what we're about to, to share with them? Yeah, that's really great. Those are some really awesome tips. I fully resonate with having a full conversation, right? With myself, but sometimes that saying it out loud just makes it real and can check your emotions in ways that like the head doesn't allow you to check your emotions. Right. And I think even talking it through with someone who's not involved and yeah. you're one of those people for me, right? I've called mm -hmm. you before to say, yeah. this thing happened and mm -hmm. I'm feeling this way. Can you talk to me about your experience with this? Or yeah. can you help me process this? Because that helps you contain the situation and also yeah. pull back just a little bit to bring sure. someone else in and have their opinion and have them weigh in, yeah. um, especially someone who knows you well and can say, yeah, this is clearly making you uncomfortable or yes, you would be better served in this other kind of situation or with yeah. this other resource. Um, and I think Again, that goes back, back to vulnerability. I love Brene Brown. I've read every book the woman has published. Yeah. Um, and yet I am terrible at being vulnerable. And so <laughs> I try to really keep that voice in the back of my head of like, nothing is gained by keeping all of this inside. Right. All I do is continue my own misery or my own suffering or right. the worst that happens is someone says no. And then yeah. we just figure out a different pathway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gosh, that's really good stuff. Well, um, this was a quick time together. So much good information. I appreciate you sharing all of this great information. What kind of final thoughts do you have for the listeners around self-advocacy and your, your story and your experiences? 
So I have a colleague in another unit who recently needed to tell her supervisors that she was job searching because her workplace situation was not improving despite some attempts at mm. self-advocacy. And she was feeling very defeated because she had asked for what she wanted and was still struggling. And she joked that she felt like she was going to throw up. Oh. And I responded to her that throwing up is once, but self-care is forever. Right. And now that's become kind of an inside <laughs> joke of like the temporary suffering of having to say what you need to say or asking for what you want yeah. is going to dissipate. But yeah. the long-term benefit for asking the question for yourself and for others is absolutely worth it, even if it doesn't feel like it. And I feel like that should have come with some sort of warning for people who are like phobic <laughs> of vomit. But um, I, that to me is really like what sort of ties the bow on it of yeah. it's uncomfortable, it's vulnerable, it's emotional, but yeah. nothing gets better if you don't discuss it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One of my favorite Ruth Bader Ginsburg quotes is speak your truth, even if your voice shakes, right? Yeah. Like, do it if you got to puke. Sorry, exactly. listeners, but like, right, like, <laughs> long term benefits. <laughs> Who knew that this episode would become that? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you know, we'd like to just keep it keep the listeners on our toes here That's with true. the the done apologizing podcast. That's awesome. Cool. Well, awesome. This was really awesome information. This was um, so insightful and and so incredibly like valuable to women. I think as women, we just are not good at advocating for ourselves. As you mentioned, it's easy to advocate for others and those we supervise and our friends around us, but advocating for ourselves is a whole different ball game so um so thanks again stacy we appreciate your time and thank you to you the listeners for tuning in again this week for listening and uh, digesting and thinking about your own self-advocacy as you reflect on stacy's words and and experiences that she shared so um this week's affirmations i'm done apologizing for spending time on me. I'm done apologizing for speaking up for myself. I'm done apologizing for, let me fill in the blank there. Friends, go out and have an incredible week. Do the amazing things that I know that you are capable of. And remember that if you like this podcast, if you love this episode, make sure you like, follow, and share on whatever platform you're listening on. Take a screenshot, send a text message to a friend, post it on the interwebs, wherever you're in the social media world. Uh, make sure you tag me at at done.apologizing and uh, follow us over on Instagram or Facebook at at done.apologizing or the done.apologizing group on Facebook. And remember, you're fabulous. You're a badass. You've got this and I'm here for you. <laughs>